This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Because of time, we're going to go straight to the word of the Lord. Amen. So that we save our time. Please turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter... Take your spectacles. That's the chapter. There it is. And there was light. First Samuel chapter 9 verse 15 to 16. First Samuel chapter 9 verse 15 to 16. Let me give you the background of the scripture. First Samuel chapter 9 from verse 1. A man called Saul, whose father is called Kish, is the focus of the story. Kish lost his donkeys. And of course, because it's an agricultural society, a farming society, if you lose your donkeys, it's like you've lost your investment. So it's a big deal. So Kish loses his donkeys, then he sends out his son, because you want to send somebody you trust. You understand? Because this is a serious, you know, family investment. The donkeys are lost. I'm going to send out my son, not just any servant, my own son. Please go check for the donkeys, because... This has a lot to do with your school fees and other things that are connected to it. You know what I'm saying? So there's a invested interest here. So, so Saul goes out, looks for his father's donkeys, and he's searching and searching. He's with his servant, and they are searching. And when the story goes, the servant says, and Saul is almost like, well, let's give up. We're not finding these donkeys. The servant says, is there no seer? I think there's a seer, meaning a prophet, who can see you know, in the spirit where the donkeys are located. And so they go and find a seer and they locate where the seer is. But look at what God says to the seer in verse 15 of First Samuel chapter 9. Now the day before Saul came, this is the day before. The day before Saul came, the Lord has revealed this to Samuel. And said to him, about this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over the people of Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people for their cry has reached to me. Now, here is a scenario. Saul has no idea of this information. Saul is just looking for his father's donkeys. God says to Samuel, the seer where Saul is going. There's a man coming tomorrow here. He's looking for his father's donkeys. That man is actually the next king of Israel. He's the king of Israel. Now Saul has no clue. In his mind, he's looking for his father's donkeys. That's all there is. What does this tell you? This tells you that God is setting him up. God is not disclosing to him what he intends to do through his life. There are many things going on in our lives that God is busy doing behind the scenes without telling us exactly what's going on. In fact, we are preoccupied with the donkeys and we think that's the big deal because that's all God has revealed. The donkeys are lost. Go look for the donkeys. Hello? And we are busy looking for The donkeys. Only to find that God has another agenda. But if God can tell you outright what he's going to do with your life, chances are you are going to have issues. 
I mean, if God told Saul straightforward, okay, you are the king of Israel and we're going to, they've never had a king. Remember, this is the first king. They've never, Samuel has been like a king, judge, whatever, but they've never had a king. Now, for the first time, you are going to be the king of a nation so big. No ways, Lord, who am I? What's going to happen? So God did not tell him he's going to be the king. He told him, go look for the donkeys. So right away, let me bring it to our context. There could be a possibility that what we think is the main thing that we are busy with right now is actually the donkeys. We are on a donkey assignment. I know it sounds a bit, but you know what I'm saying. It could be that the main thing we thought was the main thing is actually not the main thing, but it's the way to the main thing. And I want to bring that to your context because that's exactly the gist of the message. That sometimes God orchestrates matters. God orchestrates incidences. He pulls you out of your comfort zone. He sends you on a trip or sends you on an assignment only to think that this is the main thing. But God knows there's actually there's a hidden agenda behind the main thing. God pulls you out of Stellenbosch, hello? Brings you into East London, hello? And you think this is, you know, you're saying, God, where am I going? And God is hiding from you that he's actually bringing you into sparking a revival. So it's important for you to understand, sometimes we are busy with the donkeys, but the donkeys is not the main thing. There is another agenda God is up to. So let's go to the story. Now, in First Samuel chapter 9, where we were reading, Listen to what God says again. Let's read it again. Now the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed to Samuel, about this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the... You know, God already knows what's going to happen with Saul. Anoint him, he's going to deliver my people from the Philistines. I have looked on my people, for their cry has reached to me. What does that mean? You are the answer to somebody's tears. Their cry has reached to me. I am ready to deliver my people. I am ready to save them. And I'm sending Saul. So Saul arrives. Long and short of the story. Verse number chapter 9. Verse 21 to 24. Uh, verse 20. Let's go to verse 20. And for the donkeys you lost. Now Saul arrives. The background again to that verse. Saul arrives. Gets the seer. Are you the seer? He says yes I'm the seer. And then they have a small talk conversation and he says, okay, you know, we know the drill. Where are the donkeys? He says to him, the donkeys you are looking for. Let's look at verse 20. The donkeys you are looking for that got lost three days ago. He's really a seer. How does he know that? Do not worry about them because they are found. And to whom is all the desire of Israel turned if not to you and your whole family line? Now that phrase... We don't know, in our generation, we have no understanding what it means. But in those days, when they said, that, to whom is the desire of Israel turned? Meaning, the people are looking for you as their king. And he's like, me? Now, look at what God says to through Samuel. The donkeys, this thing you are busy looking for that got lost for the past three days, and that brought you here, it's actually settled. That's not the issue. The donkey is not the issue. The issue is, you are the next king. And listen to what he says to Saul, to Samuel. 
And then in verse number 21, Saul answered, but I am not, but I am, I am not, uh, am I not a Benjamite? They're from the smallest tribe of Israel. And is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such things to me? Then Samuel brought Saul, his servant, into the hall and seated them at the head of, the, of those who were invited. About 30 in number, Samuel said to the cook, Bring the piece of the meat I gave, and I told you to lay aside for him, etc., and so on and so forth. Now, here it goes. When God appoints us into an assignment, the first thing we think of is ourselves. Who am I? Why me? Why did you choose me? God is like, why is this about you now? I am trying to get you to do a job. You are so preoccupied with who you are. Hello? That's us. Every time God assigns us something, we look at ourselves, our limitation, who we are, where we've been, what's going on with our family. We bring up a whole history of our upbringing. And God is like, I didn't ask about you. I said, I'm sending you into an assignment. What does that tell you? We are so self-conscious. But if you're going to go into a mandate of becoming part of a prophetic company, on your way to becoming the prophetic minister that God wants you to be, you will have to lose conscious of self and gain conscious of God. Because God is going to use us despite our flaws and our issues. Benjamin was not the line or the lineage where kings would come. It was Judah, the line and the lineage where kings would come. So he's trying to educate God. Lord, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not from the tribe of Judah. I'm actually from the tribe of Benjamin. And we are the least. God is like, I know that. It's like some of us, when God calls us into an assignment, say, Father, I've just gotten married. Lord, you know, I've just, I'm a, I'm a newlywed. And so, and, and, and we've just gotten married, we've just relocated, or I've just got a new job. And, and God is like, I know that, I gave you the job. I know that, I actually gave you, Lord, I'm just, Lord, I'm so busy with this new business venture. God says, I gave it to you. I know exactly why you are busy with. So that's why I'm asking you to do this and that and that for me. But it's amazing how we use all these blessings that God has given us as the reason why we cannot do what God says we should do. Lord, I'm pregnant. By the way, when you're pregnant, you're not sick. I'm sure you're aware. You understand? I'm saying. So, Lord, I have baby. It's like, yeah, that's a great blessing. I know. God knows you're pregnant. He blessed you. So get to the job. There is no, Lord, I'm a grandmother raising grandchildren. What a blessing. I know that. That's why I want you to do the assignment I want you to do. What is our excuse? Think about anything. God says, I know it. So the first thing when we need to get on our side, some of us even quote our bad past just to switch God off in case he'll get discouraged. Father, you know my stuff. You know how bad I've been the past two days. God says, that's exactly why I've chosen you. I need people like you. Hello? Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus was a persecutor of the church. He went everywhere. His mandate was kill them all. And God confronts him on his way to Damascus. And he says, who are you? He says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. He says, what do you want me? You see, Saul recognized immediately authority to authority. 
He had an assignment. He realized I'm on a mission here. This is what. So I'm not going to change my energy level. My fo- Paul did not change his energy level, his focus, his enthusiasm. I, I don't know what happens with us when we get born again. Hello, hello, hello. I'm coming to something now. We get saved. Before, we, when we were in the world, we were party freaks. We had 24-7 parties and... I mean, raving and all that. We get born again, we become sheepish. Hallelujah. Very timid, very fearful, very... It's like, what's going on? As a result... Now, let me encourage you. Don't lose your energy, please. All you've got to do, just transfer your energy into the kingdom of God. Don't, don't lose your excitement. Don't lose because that's really who you are. The only difference is now you're redeemed. I always say to people, those who are party freaks, you know there are people when they are around, the party turns alive. When they are not there, it's like the party is dead, but the party is there. But when they arrive, it's like, whoa, they are the life of the event. Everybody gets excited because those people are actually evangelists. Because they've got a gift. A gift of connection. A gift of influence. There are people who can actually call everybody in one week to an event and everybody comes. And you try that in two months and no one shows up. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a gift. They've got a gift of influence. They've got a gift of connection. Everybody feels like they owe them something. Okay, I'm coming. I'm busy, but okay, because it's you. Okay, let me see. It's like, it's amazing. It's like everybody comes because that's a gift. It's not normal. It's a grace. Those are evangelists who are not yet redeemed. Who are needed in the kingdom of God. They, they must bring the same energy, the same focus, the same grace. The difference is now they work for the king. The King Jesus. Amen. So God is talking to us about assignments. Saul is raising the excuses. Let me say this. There is no excuse you can raise to God that can make him change his mind about the assignment he has for you. Doesn't matter what you've done. Lord, you, Lord, you don't know. I've got a criminal record. God says, yes, I know. And then God will show you cases of people he used with criminal records. Let's start with David. Madara. Hello? And God calls him a man after my own heart. What's your case? Not only Madara, Madara and adulterer. Oops. Hello? Sounds like some of our backgrounds. Hello? <clears throat> Praise God. Come on, people. Help me. We were not born, born again. <laughs> we didn't just appear from heaven. We have a life. <laughs> And we've had a life before this. Amen. So we've got issues. But God has used everybody with issues. So if you have issues and you take your issues and as an excuse. Because you want to be an angel and you want to be perfect. God says there's no one perfect. People have used in the Bible. have got All of them have got some case. You understand? So God chose David. Not because David was perfect. But because he knew he was the right man for the job. God chooses Saul because he knows he's the right man for the job. I want you to know God believes in you. But you've got to start believing in yourself. The assignments. So how God does it is this. He creates a donkey situation. Help me now. 
He creates a donkey situation. What's a donkey situation? The thing you thought you were here for. The assignment you thought this was all. Maybe you are an educator. Hello. And you have no understanding. Why did I even go in this route, Jesus? There could have been other things I'm doing. But the Lord has led you. You are an educator of children. And all you think about is, this is it. I've come to announce to you, it's not it yet. It's actually an undercover profession. All of us in the kingdom of God, in whatever area where we are serving, in business, entrepreneurs, in, 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 in education, some of us are civil servants, or whatever it is that you do, it's actually an undercover assignment for the kingdom of God. You are there on undercover project to do other things for the kingdom of God, but you've got to camouflage as a teacher. Everybody say, A, A. Right. This is a vowel. This is a consonant. Ha, ah, undercover. Those people you are talking to there, destinies are sitting there. Purposes of God. To shape destinies. To mold. So, and do you know, by the way, that children are influenced more by their teachers than their parents? Oh, yes. They get home and say, you say, and you try to do homework with them. They, mom, my teacher did not say, no, mom. That's my teacher said, like, really now? Yes. Teachers are very powerful. They influence young minds. They shape thinking. Just like professors at university. Hmm, it gets to another level. You know, your child was normal <laughs> in high school. Goes to varsity, gets a philosophy, whatever stuff, comes back, tells you theories that are ungodly. You're like, where did he take this? No, mom, you see, when you look at the methodology of, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, who's this guy? Socrates. And, uh, you know, and it's like, what are you talking about? That's why you send them. Professors are very influential. That's why somebody must enter that space. The redeemed, the righteous, the godly, the anointed must enter that space. Because that's what shapes the minds. But remember, that's just a donkey assignment. Your career, your profession. You, are, you know, I don't know how many of you watch movies. I watch movies. Undercover. Have you seen undercover movies? When somebody is not what, it, what he is, but he's this. Like especially drug issues with police and they go undercover. I mean, they've got to behave like it. They've got to talk like it. They've got to dress up like it, but they're not it. So all of us, listen to what my, purpose, my, my message is saying. We are all undercover agents of God's kingdom. Deployed by the kingdom of God in our various fields for advancing the kingdom purposes so that as you interact with people, you are salt and light. Because there are people who will never come through church, never. But you will meet them at work. You'll meet them in the pubs. You'll meet, I don't know what you're doing in the pub, but anyway, you'll meet them there. Let's not go there, but you'll meet them there. For, maybe you, come, you just come in to socialize and, you know, whatever. Let's, let's just, to, yeah. yeah, but you'll meet them there. You are the one. You are the hands. We were singing a song here that's powerful. Heaven come on earth. You know, we will see revival. You know, and I'm thinking, who's going to bring the revival? Because God is in heaven. Seated. Amen. Yes, he's not going to come down here and walk on two feet and bring a revival. 
You are the hands and the feet. You are the one to become a catalyst. So when you say, I mean, I've heard people pray. I don't know whether religious people, I don't know whether you've heard this prayer. Father, we send you to the hospitals. We send you to the prisons. You sending God? Think about it. God is so big and you're sending him around like a little baby. Lord, we send you, go heal them. It's like, really? The right way of praying should be, Lord, as I go to the hospital, heal the sick. As I go to the prison. Hello? I know we, 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 I know you're not thinking of it, but I've been thinking of it a lot. When we say, let us pray, we always send God around. Father, we send you to the orphans. You go, dummy. You, how do you send God? Please think about it. Think about it. God is so big and we are sending him to orphanages. We're sending him to hospitals. We said, really? Who's supposed to represent God? We are supposed to represent God as undercover agents for the kingdom of God in the various places where God has sent us. So the story goes, God has an assignment for Saul and Saul is so self-conscious. He's talking about his family, about his issues. Let's see what God says. The prophet, let's see the answer of the prophet after Saul has, you know, shown the prophet that I'm the wrong candidate. Then Samuel brought Saul and his servants into the hall and seated them at the head of those who were invited, about 30 in number. Samuel took, said to the cook, bring the piece of meat I gave you specially for Saul. So in other words, Samuel does not address Saul's issues. I'm the last one. My family is the last one. You know, I've been rejected. I've been betrayed. I've been, Samuel does God does not pay attention to our excuses. When he has an assignment for you, he already has a place at the table for you. That's what the Bible says. It says, come, sit at the head of the table. I have a place for you. I want you to know, you don't have to try and figure it out. God already has a place for you at the table. He has set the table for you. Everything is ready. Just show up. Everything that God wants you to do is ready. All you've got to do is show up. It's called obedience. It's better than sacrifice. All you gotta do is just show up. God has set the table. He has set the meal. He has set, He's got even the guests. I mean, there were 30 guests. So everything is set. Simply walk into your destiny. And don't disqualify yourself because God has not disqualified you. Because God never disqualifies us. It's us who usually disqualify ourselves. Amen. So God says, come as you are. I've got an assignment for you. I mean, really, God can use anybody. God used Rahab. Rahab was a, was a prostitute in Jericho. Remember those days? Yeah. Hiding the children of Israel in her, you know, in her room. So what are you saying, pastor? You mean God can use prostitutes? God can use anything. God can use a stone. God can use a donkey. God can use donkeys spoke. Because people don't want to use their mouths and speak. So God uses donkeys. God can use anything. So it does, so it does not matter what category you may say there is no, you see, we, let me make a statement which Pastor Andrew will correct as the days go by. Amen. Here is the following statement. Get ready, Pastor Andrew. God is not a Christian. Oops. 
Hello? God is not a Christian. He is the ancient of days. He was here before Christ manifested in the earth. While he was God the word. So God can use anyone. He says to Cyrus, a heathen king, my anointed. Cyrus, a heathen king who knows nothing about God. He says, I have found myself an anointed man of God. So be careful of putting God in a box, in a Christian, in a Christianese box. Father, you are a Christian. So if God uses somebody outside of your religious value system, you're like, there is no way God can use him. Really? So you are the creator of the heavens and the earth, I notice. God can use anybody he wants to use. Do not write anyone off. Because you'll be surprised how many people God will use if they will stumble at his will. By default, stumble, even if they are evil. But if they can stumble at God's will, God says, that's all I need. I nearly said something. Praise God. But you know, let me say it anyway. Andrew, you'll fix some of these things when I'm gone. Remember, remember when, remember when President Trump came to the scene? Remember? The previous president? He had his own issues. But oh, did I not love him. You know why I loved him? An element of surprise. You never know what he's going to wake up saying the next morning. You never know. What is going to tweet the, the previous night? You never know. What's I love that kind of a president because it means God can use him any way he wants to use him. Because sometimes we are too systematized and too indoctrinated and we're following a system that is cloaking us and causing us to be part of an evil system. You see? You hate him, you love him. Trump, that's him. You hate him, you love him. You hate him for his issues. Very serious issues about Africans. But you love him for his impulsiveness and you're not sure where this is going to go. It can go in any direction God wants it to go. Sometimes God has an element of surprise. May God help us today to understand that there is an assignment beyond where we are. The thing we are busy with now is just the donkeys. It's a main thing. It's a good thing. We are undercover for the kingdom of God. But here's the key. Always connect to the base. Because if you don't connect to the base, even for undercover, you know, agents, if they don't connect with the base, they end up becoming converted and looking like what they were trying to pretend. So as God sends you, so when, whatever you are, do not watch the influence that happens around your life. Let's go further to see that. So God puts him up and he's part of the, he's part, I mean, Samuel puts him up on the table and he's part of the guests there. But look at verse 27 quickly. It says, and, and as they were going down to the edge of the town, Samuel said to Saul, tell the servants to go down ahead of us. And the servant did so, but they stay here for, but stay here for a while so that I may give you a message from God. Now this servant is a servant who's been coming with, with Saul all the time. In fact, this servant is the guy who suggested they go to the seer. But in this particular occasion, Samuel says, let the servant go forward. I've got confidential things I need to communicate with you. What's the point here we are learning? For the assignment that God is giving you, God sometimes needs your ears only. For the assignment God needs you to do, 
you don't need a crowd. For the assignment God needs you to do, you don't have to have everybody on board. Because sometimes there are dream killers and vision killers. And out of being presumptuous and excited, we talk things we are not supposed to share. You must ask Joseph what happened to him. He was out of, out of excitement. He shared with his brothers, with everybody, hey, things are going to happen. I'm going to be a great whatever. And, and they were like, oh, also you think you are all that. We've been here before you and you think you're the smartest. And they, you see, Joseph shouldn't have gone through the trouble he went through if he kept his mouth. You understand? If he kept the dream to himself, but because he spoke prematurely. Some of us, we speak prematurely and we get it and we think people are going to be excited with us. We are really naive. And we, and some innocently say, you know, I, I think I'm going to be the next prophet who's going to bring revival. And people are like, oh really? We've been there. In fact, I understand what you're saying. I've tried that. In fact, I was there, tried that, and it never worked. But anyway, you can, they pop your balloon. While you're excited telling them about the new project. So be careful who you hang around. The, the influence and the circumstance and the environment of what you hang around, the stuff you are carrying needs a proper environment to grow in. So Saul, Samuel says to Saul, let the young man go forward. I've got to tell you some confidential things. And then he tells him the confidential things. Chapter 1, chapter 10 rather, and verse number 1. Now the next chapter, I'm going to give a background to that. He anoints him with oil privately as a king. He anoints him with oil as a king. He puts oil on him in verse number 1. And then he gives him instructions. And then we start from verse number 5. In First Samuel chapter 10. After that you will go to Gebeah of God. Where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town you will meet a process. A procession of prophets coming down from the high place. With lures and timbrels and pipes and harps. Being played before them. And they will, pro- and they will be prophesying. The spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you. And you will prophesy with them. And you will be changed into a different person. Or you will be turned into another man if you like. So, once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever you have, your hand finds to do, for God is with you. So, we see here that there were specific instructions. After you've heard the assignment, hang around prophetic people. After God has spoken to you, hang around a prophetic environment. Why? Because in a prophetic environment, there is divine alignment. Saul was struggling with the assignment of being a king But he needed to hang around prophetic people For him to adjust And for him to be For God to reconfigure And align him with his destiny Watch where you spend your time Because the environment where you spend your time Will either align you to God's purpose Or take you out of God's purpose so Saul in this, pro- now we've been in a prophetic environment this whole weekend. And this prophetic environment, there are things that God has been speaking to us. He's been realigning us. He's been talking to us. As we speak like this, God is also busy doing something else in your spirit. So the environment is an enabling environment. It helps you to align. So when God has spoken to you, spend time in a healthy environment, in an environment that propels the destiny of God inside of you. 
Avoid an environment where people are only talking facts and logic and common sense. Because when it comes to spiritual things, there's a lot of uncommon sense. There's a lot of illogic things. There's a lot of faith talk. Faith talk sometimes is not fact talk. Hello. So you need to be in an environment where you are hearing from God. I'm a world changer. I'm a history maker. I can do it. I can go through. If you are in that environment, something starts to pop. Remember when Elizabeth met Mary or Mary met Elizabeth, something happened. As they met, the babies leaped. Meaning their destinies were connected. When you are in a prophetic environment, you are in an environment where your destiny is connected to us. Your baby leaps in this environment. You need to be in an environment where destiny calls, where you sense that God is saying something to me. The Bible says he met the prophet and it happened that he started prophesying. And when he started prophesying, the people were shocked. Is Saul among the prophets? The son, what has happened to this son of Kish? People are going to be shocked when God is using you. People who grew up with you, they're going to be, are you also in the Jesus thing? You're also talking Jesus now. You, I mean, we know you. We come along with you, man. What's happening now? It's because your life has been transformed. Something has changed around your life. God has influenced you. You are beginning to prophesy. You are beginning to speak life. What, to, what is to prophesy? To speak life into people's destinies. People are listening to you. They say, wow. I didn't expect that from you. Hello? I mean, Pastor Andrew was telling me his testimony of before he met the Lord. And he's like, People who know me then, people who know me now, are like two different worlds. It's like, what happened? Is Andrew among the prophets? That's it. When God enters your life, it's a, it's a complete shift. It's even a surprise for you. It's a better you you never knew about. It's like, wow, I can do that stuff? Wow, I can talk like that? I'm proud of myself. Yes, it's good. God has made you. God has shifted you. When When Saul met the company of prophets, he was turned. But here is a verse I like. That verse number 11. It says, and Saul turned to leave Samuel. When Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed his heart. God gave him another heart. We have been in a Samuel company. When we leave this company, are we going to leave the same? Or is God going to turn our hearts? That's the key. That's what measures. Are you going to just get out of here and just you have the same person? Or God has actually turned your heart. That's your desire. Father, turn my heart. Make me realize that the assignment of my life is bigger. There's a bigger assignment. There's a greater us. I'm not just a housewife. I'm not just a homemaker. I'm not just an executive in my director. I'm not just an entrepreneur. I'm not just a civil servant. I'm not just an educator. I am an undercover agent for the kingdom of God. As deployed into an education space. Deployed into a business place. Deployed into a civil servant space. For me to advance the kingdom of God in that environment. That's how we are supposed to think about it. So these donkeys are not the main thing. What are the donkeys? The business, the job, the whatever. All the stuff we are doing. 
God says, it's not the end, it's the means. Find the end. Find the end. What's the agenda? Why did God choose East London and not Haman's crowd? For an example. You understand? Because some of us, we want nice places. When you hear the word of the Lord and says, that says the Lord, you are going to New York City. It's like, oh, hallelujah, I received that word. God, that's you. But when you hear the word of the Lord say, you are going to Nahamakwe. I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. Satan, get behind me now. You understand? Because while people are prophesying, we've got filters. Because there's something we are looking for. It's pick and pay. We are picking. And only paying, meaning believing for what we have picked. So, that kind of a, a, a selective listening causes a problem for the kingdom assignment. Hello? Because God can be sending you to a place where you think, God, this cannot be you, only to find that it is God. It is God. And God is going to use you. I mean, be sure. Hello. You understand? That's where I am. And God is using me right there for his kingdom. I could have chosen Sandton City. Amen. But God said, Bishop. Why? Because that's the assignment. So, wherever God has placed you, how has he placed you there? By circumstances of life. The circumstances of life have driven you there. You thought this was the deal. Only to find that God has orchestrated events of your life to follow a certain pattern so that he could bring you to Shofar Church on the third, is the third, on the second of April for you to hear this word. Because had you not orchestrated your, the, the events of, you would not be here. You would be somewhere maybe in whatever. But you are here. Because the events of your life have forced you to be here. Circumstances are wrong. Some of you, you are like, I, it makes no sense. I had such a great opportunity. I was moving in a certain direction and everything just turned towards another direction. That turning towards another direction, it's a sign God is up to something. The question you must ask yourself is, Lord, what are you up to? Let me not kick and reject and fight. Let me find the assignment. The sooner I find the assignment, I will know who I am and whose I am. And I'll get the job done. As I close, in conclusion. We need to understand that when God sent Saul, the Bible says, he began to prophesy. He was among the prophets. And God used them. And he began to do the will of God. When he started, he never thought he was going to be king. When he ended, he ended up as king. I wonder where are we in that transition of life? Because some of us, are still looking for the donkeys. Hello? And we still think the donkeys is the main thing. And God says, what you've been looking for is found in God. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.